Amen. You can be seated if you want to. Oh, we are going to start a brand new series today. I've been praying. I was like, Lord, and I just wanted to settle into some worship today. As we're starting into a brand new season. Y'all's good, right? Yeah. All right. As we are starting into a brand new season, our focus gets shifted a lot of times to the craziness of this time. So, when the Holy Spirit gave me the songs for the week, as soon as I was done, Jody, I looked up and told Dee, I said, oh, he just told me this, the, told me the uh, uh, title for our series. Over the next four or five weeks, we're going to look at how to worship a king. How to worship a king. All the songs today were intentional. Everything. How do we worship a king? Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, if you will. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. Well, let's start in verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and look what it says, and we have come to worship him. And we, why are we here today? Why are we here? We're here to worship him. Here's the thing about the, these, these men that saw the star. They came, well first, nativity scene killer, even though I have one out front, Okay. Right off the bat, let's kill the nativity scene. The wise men weren't there. Okay? They weren't there. They showed up two years after the birth of Jesus. Can you imagine? They saw his star so far away, it took them two years to get to him. We struggle getting up on Sunday morning. How far are we willing to go to worship him? They were willing to travel two years through the desert, through hot, through cold, no matter what. They said, where is it? Show us where he's at because we have come to worship him. And we have enough nerve to roll in here and say, okay, praise team, excite me a little bit. Your worship and your praise has nothing to do with what's going on up here. Has nothing to do with what song's being sung. Has nothing to do with however Dave's doing on the drums. Your worship is something that's who you are. You were created to be worshipers. And these men wanted to worship the, the child so bad that they came in. Now, <laughs> we think there's three wise men. And they brought their three little gifts. The word tells us, if you read the, the Christmas story, when they came into town, the local leader became afraid. Now, why would three men on camelback, they could sneak in and out easy, Kevin. But these were men of wealth. These were men of renown. These were men of great. They came in a caravan. 
so large that the local leadership was afraid of why this is in my town. It wasn't three men who came to worship. They brought a caravan. And it wasn't one little teeny tiny box of gold. They set Jesus up. We get this idea that Jesus was some broke joke who just ran around roaming around. He had a house. He had a treasury that was so big, Judas would steal from it because he knew he wouldn't get caught. Y'all have read that in the Bible, right? He wasn't broke. He had a house. He had a treasurer. Matter of fact, remember when she came and washed his feet, she broke the, the ointment over, over Jesus' feet, and as she washed that alabaster box, and as she washed Jesus' feet, Judas got mad. He said, Hey, this could be sold. This could be sold. Why are, you, why are you doing this? And if you read that scripture, it goes on to say, because he was often taking out of Jesus' treasury. <laughs> I don't know where we get some of the crazy ideas we get. But they said, we come to worship. And it, was, uh, it made them afraid. But here's the thing. Our westernized Christianity has been reduced to a formula. And people actually believe that God exists for us. Rather than the other way around. And we think if we do just the right thing, if we pray just the right prayer, if we act just the right way, then God's got to do whatever we want Him to do. He's the divine vending machine. And as long as I do my part, he exists to take care of me. Uh, so what do we do? We say our prayer. We do our devotion. And like every good Christian, we post it on Instagram or Facebook. You know, we got our little Bible out here and our little coffee. <laughs> Am I lying? <laughs> Come on, somebody. We let everybody know, hey, look, I'm doing my Christian duty over here. And we've got this thing worked out to a formula. And we think that as long as we do it, all these things, we post it, and we do good things, and we don't cuss out loud, and you know who I'm talking to. Then God has to do for me. You all look at me like you don't, ain't never had this stuff in your head. Stub your toe in the middle of the night and tell me the first word that comes. Come on, listen, are we going to be real or are we just going to act like we got it all together and my life is perfect and there's nothing ever goes wrong and I have it, you know, it's all good. <laughs> so we think that if we do all these things, then God has to perform for us. When the opposite is true, we exist for Him. He created us for His pleasure, the Word says. He created us for His pleasure. We exist immediately for Him. And, and, and to be real honest, as a church, I believe God wants more out of our hearts 
than what we can uh, produce on the outside. One of the greatest areas, I think, that we need to learn is not just worship in here, but a lifestyle of worship. And understanding that our worship exists. This is where we come together to worship together. This is not where worship happens. This is where we continue worship. But we ought to be worshipers all day long. But what do we do? Well, what's a worshiper? Well, we're going to cover some of these things. But here's the thing. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. I won't embarrass nobody that way. Here's the thing. (laughs) When somebody really starts to praise and worship, we get uncomfortable. We will look at them and watch them. And we can tell it's real to them, but it's like watching somebody make out. You shouldn't be looking. You know it's real. And so we're like, I don't look like that when I worship. Well, not everybody does. There are multiple ways to worship. And that's what we're going to cover over the next few weeks. How do I worship a king? Well, one of the, one of the best and easiest ways. Are you ready? One that will open your heart is when your hands are up. Hands that are up will open up hearts. But what's the scriptural relevance for raising hands? Because you look around, I looked around this morning and I saw people's hands in the air, people up front, people moving, people in worship. And it's like, well, what's the, what's the, what's the point of all of this? I don't have to act like that. You are right, but it's scriptural. Psalm, <laughs> Psalm 63, verse 1. I should have let you preach this. Psalm 63, verse 1. He says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. I know some of you don't like that word. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. When's the last time we had this kind? Man, when me and Dee got together, we, after we went out our first time, we met on Valentine's Day. Aww. You got to learn to get them. We went out two days later. One day, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, But after that night, we were together almost, I think, every day. At least an hour. Every day after the first time we went out. On the phone all the time. I couldn't get enough of her. I wanted to be around her because somebody captured my heart. When When can we see the church feel this way about God? 
When our heart is thirsty and anytime I'm, I feel like I'm away from him, it's going to drive me to him. That, that I just don't want to, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. I don't want to be away from you. But this is what David is saying here. He said, my God, you're my God. Early will I seek you. He said, he said my soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. In a dry and thirsty land with no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. What's he say here? I will lift up my hands to your name. You see, when we fall into this kind of love affair with Jesus, I believe God is looking for lovers. He's looking for people that will love him, that will adore him, whose flesh wants him, whose heart can't stand to be away from him. And it's so hard that when we walk into the sanctuary, our hands just want to go, Ugh. But we, why, why don't this happen in worship? What if somebody looks at me? Well, this is not how I was raised. You know what I have found out, Kelsey? Some of the ways I was raised wasn't right. Now, my mom and dad's church, they raised their hands. <laughs> I will tell you, I would tell you a joke, but I won't. Uh, it's actually a true story. Uh, but he says here, he says, I, my lips will praise you. And I will lift my hands. But I don't want to be that person. What person? Why do you think we turn the lights out? Why ain't nobody paying attention to you? <laughs> See, our problem is not necessarily with this motion, but it's a lot with this motion. My heart hasn't got to the point where I'm so thirsty for him that I feel like I can't live without him. That I feel like I just got to be in his presence. David says, man, early will I get into your presence to see your glory. Raising of hands is an act of worship. Here's the easy one. We'll walk you into this easy. Not everybody was raised like this. Not everybody was raised in good Pentecostal charismatic churches. Right? Y'all, we're going to have some fun. Here's an easy one. You ready? You close your eyes. You let your heart connect with God. Whether they're singing or whether there's music or not. And then all of a sudden, we just lift it. Father. And then you get real brave. <laughs> and you throw the other one up. Do you know that there are, <laughs> go to Psalms 134, verse 1. Psalm 134, verse 1. He says, come, bless the Lord, all you servants of, of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the where? Now we know that our bodies is a sanctuary of God too. But when we come together, 
Man, there ought to be such a drawing in you that you just can't help it, that something just... But I never did that before. I never, I just never. Well, it's, it's, now's a good time to try. Because everybody's going to be saying, oh, they're trying it too. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. <laughs> and bless the Lord. See, when we lift our hands, whether it's going to come out of our mouth or not, your heart begins to follow in worship. It becomes, this becomes a complete act of worship. Nobody asks you to yell, scream, flip, flop, shake like I do. Nobody's asking you to do that. But what he does say is lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. One time, I just dare you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Pull them back down. And try, well, that's just not me. But that's scripture. Psalms 141. Psalms 141. Lord, I cry unto you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice. And cry, when I cry unto you, let my prayer be forth. Set, let my prayer be set forth before you as incense. Here, you want to know how, you, how to praise the Lord? Your prayers are an act of worship. When you begin to pray and talk to the Lord, it's like they have lit the incense in your temple. And your prayers rise like smoke to his nostrils. Even your prayers are an act of worship. See, you were created to be a worshiper. You were created to be a worshiper. He said, let my prayers be set forth before you as incense and the lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. You know what a sacrifice is, right? Sacrifice is generally something you don't want to give up. So he says here that the lifting up of my hands are like the evening sacrifice. I know what we've been told about church. It's reverent. It's holy. You don't smile. You don't make jokes. You don't dance. You know? Says who? I tell you, half the time, the people I know, they'd have never made it with David. David was so excited one time because he was bringing the Ark of the Temple back into, in, into uh, uh, Jerusalem that every six steps, he would stop and offer a sacrifice and dance. And when he got close to town, he was spinning and twirling around where his uh, uh, outer garment raised up a little bit and showed his undergarment. And his wife watching, I'm going to get into this more later. And his wife watching from the temple got embarrassed by him. When's the last time we got embarrassed by somebody else's worship? And when he showed up to bless her, she said, well, didn't you make a good shiny spectacle of yourself today? He said, hey, you ain't seen nothing yet, baby doll. <laughs> we wrote a song about it. And I will become even more undignified than this. 
When did we say that church had to be dignified? That church had to be so stoic and reverent. Why is quiet reverent? When he tells me here, shout to the Lord. Make a joyful noise. That's reverence. So, well, you ready? Now, there are times that he tells us to be quiet. But he also says, make a joyful noise. So if it's time to make a noise and I stay quiet, is that reverence? Or is that disobedience? Let's look at worship different. He says, lifting my hands as an evening sacrifice. Women, you can close your ears for a minute. First Timothy chapter 2. Therefore, I desire that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or contentiousness. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Now, we know a lot of times when we read the Bible, when it says men, it's talking about mankind. Actually, in this verse, it's not talking about mankind at all. It's specifically, that word is often transferred as husbands and sirs. This is a specific verse to men. I would that men pray everywhere. So men, what, is, what should we be a shining example of? A prayer life. Lifting up holy hands. What else should we be an example of, men? Lifting up holy hands. Well, that's just not what I do. Why don't we? I'm not told you, I'm going to pick on the men. I don't do this very often. So, why don't we do it? Pride. We feel awkward. It's girly. I don't know where all this stuff comes from. But that's, that's where our thought process goes. It's, you know, I would that men everywhere, pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Men, we should set the standard of worship. Lead your family. Lead your children. Lead your grandchildren. Let them see fathers worshiping. Yeah. Don't... Mm, don't let your wife and children outpraise you. Let them see you seek after God and be a man after God's own heart. But what's the point of lifting our hands? Well, first, we just saw it's scriptural. Y'all good? I know one little thing gets corrective, and we. <laughs> If Ted and I were walking side by side and Ted trips over his feet and I look down with a smile on my face, what's the first thing he's going to do? Go ahead. Give me a hand, man. Besides upset. I didn't say I tripped him. 
problem. First thing he's going to do is help me up. One act of worship, when we come before God and we begin to lift our hands, it's like a child. We're saying, I need help. I've fallen, help me. When we lift our hands, it's an act of surrender to God and saying, look, I can't stand here on my own. I need you to pick me up. I need you to help me. I've done it all along myself, and I need you. When we lift our hands, we're just telling God, hey, I need help here. My life's falling apart. I need help here. When, when a baby wants picked up, what's the first thing they do when they run up to you? And no father looks at the outstretched hands of their child and doesn't pick them up. What do you think your heavenly father goes through his heart, through his mind, when we come in here and all of a sudden we're in praise and we're in worship and our hands go up? Like a good father, he wants to pick you up. He wants to help you out. Sometimes we just need a hug. Psalm 28. Psalm 28, verse 1. To you, O Lord, will I cry. My rock... Do not be silent to me, lest if you were silent to me, then I would become like those who go down to the pit. Verse 2, hear the voice of my supplication when I cry to you, Lord, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy place. Even David said when we lift our hands in the holy place, it's when our heart's crying out to God. And I'm saying, God, I need help up. I need your help here. I need your help. So why are we so opposed to it? Well, it's not the way that, I've always, that we've always done it. It's not the way I do it. But it's scriptural, right? Can we say that we've seen that lifting up our hands is scriptural? Okay, if we can't say nothing else, we can say that. So Why? Why is it such a hard thing? You say, well, not everybody's going to be all demonstrative like you are. Absolutely. 100%. Nobody's, you're, not everybody's going to act like me. See, they're cheering back there. <laughs> Listen, it don't bother me. Those kids can beat on that wall for all I care. They're back there to, to, to get what they got. All right. Here, let's do. I'm, can I do some house correction here, real quick? And if it bothers you, maybe you need to quit being childish. Yeah. Know that they're just being kids yeah. Yeah. and using what we got. Okay, go moving on. When I lift our hand, when we lift our hands, it's a sign of not just I need help, but it's a sign of victory see when I lift my hands all right happened yesterday 
will happen today. We'll go home, we'll sit down, we'll watch TV, and I guarantee you at some point there's some men and women in here that will be sitting on their couch and in their recliner on the edge of their seat, and all of a sudden they're going to go, Come on. Why? It's a sign of victory. When our hands go, we still do it today. But the thing is, our, our emotion is set on something else. But we still lift our hands. We watch those little dudes in striped shirts. A kid with too much pressure on him kicks a ball. And he's either waiting for victory or defeat. You know how I can tell what I'm, what's going on with me? Is when I go to praise him, I've either got victory or I'm walking in some defeat and I just can't lift my hands. <laughs> Raising of hands, it's a sign of victory. Exodus chapter 17, verse 9. Exodus 17, verse 9. Remember the series, How to Worship a King. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, and Aaron, Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up on the top of the mountain. Now, when Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. Now, you, I, I don't think you caught that yet. Let me read it to you again. When Moses lifted up his hands, somebody else got victory. When Moses lifted up his hands, somebody else started winning the war. What if somebody else's victory is waiting on you to see whether you'll lift your hands in victory or not? What if they're just sitting saying, I wonder if they can come through hell, I can get through this hell. If they can win, I can win. Somebody else's, somebody's waiting for you to declare victory in their lives. And it might just be as simple as you coming before your God and Greg beginning to open up his chest and sing. And you go, oh, he wins. He wins. He wins. He wins. He wins all the time. He wins. And I win because I'm in him. And you can win too. And when Moses' hands was up, Israel prevailed. But when he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. I don't think we've ever thought about this, Perry, that people are watching our praise to determine what God is doing in their life or in lives. Now look here. Here's what we do, verse 12. But Moses' hands became heavy. 
I, I, I worked for a, a car dealership in Columbus when I was about 17, 18 years old. And we had a, a salesman's meeting. And they stood us in a circle, Galen, and everybody had to stand with their arms out like this. Except for the owner of the company. Because he stood there and he talked 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 and he talked. And I remember, for, before long you see everybody's hands are down like this. Moses' hands got heavy. Look what happened. And so the word says there, so uh, they took a stone... And they put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands. Folks, when are we going to get to the point where we're going to come up along somebody else and hold their hands up for them? That maybe they've just went through too much and they can't hold their hands up anymore. That we just don't slide right up to them and just say, here, if you can't hold them up yourself, I'll hold it for you. If you're too weak... Let me be the one to stand beside you and hold your arms up because there is victory when your arms are extended. You're declaring victory here. And if you can't stand on your own, I'd love to be the one to stand there. Whether I'm supporting them with my words, with a card, with, with a praying form, when are we going to come alongside somebody and hold their hands up and watch victory happen all around us? Aaron and her watch victory happen all around them just because they decided to hold someone else's arms up. And on the other, one on one side, one on the other side, and his hands were still st were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua laid low Amalek and his people at the edge of the sword. So what does it mean? Why is it important to raise our hands? You say, man, this is not what I thought about when I thought about a Christmas series. Surprise. It should be. They said, we've come to worship him. We've waited two years for this one moment. We waited two years for one evening of worship. And some of us, it's a hard struggle to drive 15 minutes. Eh, I just don't really feel like it today. Well, come in here anyhow. You want somebody else to hold your hands up for you? We'll assign two people for you. We'll let them hold your hands up. We'll, we'll, hey, why? Because God's got victory waiting on you. He's got victory waiting on you. And what if just lifting our hands and we lift our hands and say, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. It's an act of surrender. What's cops tell you? Some of you know, some of you may not. What's the cops tell you? Put your hands up. Surrender to an authority that is bigger than you. Surrender to an authority that is... What if we just come in here and praise and worship and I just say, God, I've been fighting you for too long. I surrender. And I'm going to put my hands up. You see, now people don't start... People quit looking so crazy now. Because you realize they're just going through what you've been through. I can't do this on my own ability, so help me up. 
I have to praise you. Somebody else may need me to help. So I'll help them. And I lift my hands declaring the battle is done. We all need help sometimes. One of the greatest ways is come in. Now again, if you're new here and you're looking around at our worship and you're, you're saying, wow, what in the world are these people doing? This is all. Some of us remember where we've been and remember what a great, great God we serve. There's no problem. There is nothing wrong with needing help. So lift your hands. David said, when I come into his courts with thanksgiving in my heart, I'll lift my hands. So my challenge to you, not this, not next week service, my challenge to you is today when you go home and you spend a few minutes alone with God, let that hand slide up. And then you're going to get real brave. Then you let the other. And if you tell God, I can't do this on my own, I need you here. Help me. Or you say, God, I know what hell was in my life, and I'm not living it now. <laughs> it's victory. Or I say, God, I know Linda's having it bad, so I'm going to lift my hands, and I'm going to hold hers. I challenge you this week. Lift your hands in worship. Come Sunday, you can practice with everybody else. <laughs> but this week, let worship reign in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. And Father, as we look at your word to how to worship you, we want to know that we need you. We want to know that we want to help others. And Father, I thank you for the victory that's in my life. And Father, today I understand that lifting up hands is part of worship. And I want to be like those wise men. I want to be like those wise men that found Jesus. That even though they waited two years to get to him, that I've come to worship the King. Amen? Amen. Amen.